Hi everyone, I'm Lucy Kippist. Welcome to the Small Business First podcast. Before COVID, Jian Group had 280 staff across multiple businesses in Victoria and New South Wales and a turnover of 4.8 million. The shutdown wiped out 90% of their overall business within seven days, forcing them to lay off 240 staff. With their hotel cleaning services decimated, they've quickly pivoted to sanitisation cleans for healthcare and aged care providers. Co-founder Giles Delord joins our SBF podcast to tell us about the key financial support that made these changes possible and what's next for their business. So welcome, Giles. You're based in Melbourne. What's it been like to run a small business from there this year, particularly in your sectors because you're in the hospitality and aged care industry? Well, um, the thing about 2020 is that the improbable has probably become the probable. Um, things that we would never have been able to plan for have happened. Um, it's a hundred year, once in a hundred year event. So the hospitality sector, obviously, is uh, it's well documented, is going through a very tough time. We predominantly operate in four and five star hotels, but also in pubs, gaming venues, and clubs. Um, so very people orientated business. So if people aren't moving around. Um, you can imagine that those segments uh, have been decimated and with border closures and everything else that's happened over the time. Our commercial cleaning uh, didn't suffer as hard, but we had about a 60 to 70% downturn just with closures there. So this year has been um, a roller coaster of, of up and down, up and down. The thing that's um, kept us going has been um, we've been very active in the um, medical cleaning space, not because of COVID. We were already in that space, but the the move into that space is is what's carried us into aged care. So um, aged care has been very busy, again, very well documented on the news and mm. um, with all of the issues associated. But look, to be really honest, there's very low market confidence around at the moment, even, even with the reopening, talking to everybody in the last week. Um, there's low confidence in businesses that um, what is the, 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 the clear pathway? Are we going to really open and match what we're seeing in other parts of Australia, in particular in Victoria? And New South Wales operation is, is holding its own. Um, it seems to be very steady, but but not not um, get, doing 2019 sort of figures, but at least it's steady. But yeah, right now, we'd, I'd say that we don't have a clear pathway. We don't know how buoyant this opening is going to be and when we're going to start to see 2019 style um, performance. It's mm, a really good question. Can you tell us a little bit more about how your business came about and what you guys were doing before COVID hit? Well, look, we've been around for, for in the industry for over 20 years. Um, and the, the birth of um, Gian um, was to create a, a company that wanted to create its own identity within the marketplace, within our service sectors, um, where we were going to um, invest a lot in technology and new thinking. Um, and that, that's been the primary reason why we started Gian. Um, we focused in um, our hotel market, four and five star hotel market was our main focus and supported by our gaming and, and pubs and venues and, and gyms. So pre-COVID, we're flying along. We achieved our five-year growth plan within the first two years. 
we'd gone from sitting at the kitchen table, getting ready to start in December 2017 with myself, my business partner, Anna, and a dog and a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Key members of the team, I take it. Key members of the team, they had a lot to say and a lot of input in the background to keep us busy. And from there, we grew to having 240 staff working for us, achieved our five-year plan in the first two years. We're flying. and The world is our oyster. We had um, massive opportunities um, happening within 2020. And then we got hit with bushfires. If we we can all remember back to January, December to January, we got hit with bushfires. And and that's the first thing that really started to hurt, especially in the hotels. The Australian Open, Tennis Open in Melbourne didn't really realise the occupancies that we normally would have seen year on year. And it, it was going to be a tough year. So we got busy um, doing some fundraising. Anna um, got really busy doing some work in that and getting stuff to people, water, um, using the hotel industry, blankets, all sorts of things that we could get our hands on. And we thought, okay, now we'll get busy into business. Okay, we've gotten over that little um, bump in the road. Um, We start to rebuild, we get into business and then um, COVID hit. that was it. Um, it was, uh, for I think, the first four days, I described them as Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just literally sat there and thought, okay, um, we've just laid off over 240 staff. What's what's the next move? So, wow. yeah, so pre, we were flying and then um, everything had to change as, as we started to see just how significant the global um, government's reactions were going to be to COVID. Um, and then starting to understand how we needed to adjust. So you've mentioned there that you've you laid off in those initial days over 200 people. Mm-hmm. What's the impact you've seen from that kind of stuff, from the business closures and from your business needing to ramp up and ramp down at short notice? It's obviously going to make that very hard to maintain a workforce, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, look, you're riding a roller coaster. Um, and as are anybody, any of your staff that are working with you. So initially we stood down 240 people. We, we didn't have a choice. We, we went from um, a flourishing business to literally no occupancy and everybody stay home. Okay, so 240 people have stood down. So when the first closure happened, uh, it was only four days that we sort of sat there and mourned a little bit what our losses look like. And then we got busy and we said, well, what can we do? Let's not worry about what we can't do. Let's work in the sphere of what we can do. And we were able to, over the next weeks, um, ramp up with about 70 staff. Um, And that was primarily within hotels, doing specialist services, sanitization work. Oh, my we were out there, we were doing um, petrol stations, we, you name it, anywhere where people needed to be going and touching things on the regular because we're very early in COVID, everybody doesn't understand it. So given our experience in in um, medical and scientific style cleaning, we are able to get into that market quickly. It wasn't a full recovery, but it kept us going. It just kept us ticking over at that point in time. So... Uh, ramp up with 70 people and then we closed again Mm. everybody off again everybody off again and then the second closure 
was we'd built a bit of a reputation around the marketplace. And that's when we started getting the calls within the aged care sector where they needed very specific help um, in homes that had gone red with COVID. So we very early in the piece then had to ramp up and train people. We had the ability to train staff. We had the ability to upskill them. And there was this fantastic synergy between hospitality staff that were already doing four and five star hotels and transferring their knowledge um, and, and upskilling them to be able to understand donning and doffing and all the things that they'd have to do and uh, sanitization work. So we ended up covering things from laundry, full cleaning of the, of the aged care facilities, 24 hours, seven day a week sanitization. And successfully all the homes that we're in went from red homes to green. And then that just started a roll on effect. So we were able to put 201 staff back on. Wow. Um, and that's that's been maintained up until now. Oh, that's an amazing result. And given that we're speaking in the week that Victoria has actually officially reopened, <laughs> let's hope that there are better times ahead for you guys in 2021. It also sounds like you've got some big plans in the works. What does the reopening and building confidence back in your small business sector look like to you? Well, as I said, the real the real feeling in Melbourne is is low confidence. Um, that's talking with our client base. Um, again, we'd like to have a clear pathway as to um, how we're going to stay open and what that's going to look like. Because ramping up and down is a very expensive um, way to run a business. Um, especially you're losing skilled people. People need to work, so they're going to move on very quickly to the next opportunity. Um, for us moving forward, we've diversified our business. It, it, it's been a, a, almost like a, um, a reward for, for the hard work that we all put in. We've realised that we've diversified more into an integrated services business. So moving forward, aged care is, is a big part of what we're going to be involved in, but we can continue to be involved with hotels, which are going to see a slow, maybe 18 to 24 month recovery. And mm -hmm. within our commercial sectors, which is probably going to be a bit faster, but call it a six month sort of recovery to see normality. Those, there are going to be those businesses that close. We know that there are businesses that aren't going to recover and it's to understand that. But a, a big focus for our business now moving forward is in integrated services. Um, we provide training and we're providing agency. And the reason we're providing agency staff um, is that there's a lot of businesses that are going to have little peaks and troughs as they go along. So they're going to be short of people, too many people, short of people. So rather than overemploy or underemploy the people that you've got, we've been um, starting to provide staff on an agency basis to, to help them when they need it and to back it off without having a, a cost associated with their business working as a, a business partner with them. And we've created a product called Nexus, which is our integrated, a full program from reopening your business, um, people movement, COVID planning, sanitization, all the way up to full service commercial um, contracts where we take care of the whole lot. Mm -hmm. Great. So given that you guys are looking to grow the business, how important is it for you to be financially ready for this growth? Well, that You know, that's been the 
biggest thing that we've learned throughout this period, and we were so lucky, we, we, we've worked with Scottish Pacific um, since the inception of our business. And so they've seen how fast we grew the first time round, where we obliterated our goals. Um, and like I said, we went from, you know, two people, a, a bird and a dog, and all of a sudden you've got 240 staff, you're running a multi-million dollar business, and you're doing that all within, um, that happened within the first 18 months. Yeah. Now, when we had the rebirth, the second, on the second wave, we actually grew, if you amortised out our, um, our weekly or monthly billing, we grew to a $22 million business if that, that, if, that, if that had been sustained for 12 months. So cash flow was, going, was critical at that point. So having a partner, uh, a financial partner that understood our business, understood what we were doing, um, they were exceptionally flexible to increase our facilities to meet the need of our business so we could pay everybody on time, get the equipment that we needed um, and ensure that we were able to meet the demand that was available to us in the marketplace. So it's absolutely critical that we have a supplier or a banker that's going to invest with us, but we also needed to be in a position where we were not in fear, in fear of the opportunity. We needed to trust our vision. We needed to know that these were fantastic opportunities and that we were the right company to do it. But without having the cash flow and, and um, the funding to be able to do it, we never would have achieved it throughout this closure period. So obviously the, your relationship with Scott Pack's been crucial to your success. What would you advise other small business owners who might be looking for a new financial funding partner to look for when they're making that decision? Well, obviously, one of the most important things is to understand what are, you, what are your needs now, but also what are your needs into the future? When you're able to, to work with, with your banker, for us with Scott Pack, it was very easy for us to show them where we were going and say, this is where we believe we're going to be 12 months, 24, 36, you know, and, and roll it out so that they, they are able to then put a pathway of the growth of your facilities with you. The most important thing that it's done for us as a fast paced growing organization, it's allowed us to, to um, grow without having major fear. Um, and to meet the opportunities that have been available to us. So, you know, cash flow, as we all know, is, is a big killer in business. And we were able to provide suitable terms to our clients. So we were able to understand what the client's terms needed to be for them to be able to maintain being open and work through this period or to meet the, the, the what they needed. And Scott Pack kept moving the goalpost with us because they understood our business. So I think understand your needs, understand your future needs, but also communicate quite regularly, build the relationship, not when you're in a crisis, but build it from now, start building it now. Great advice. And how important do you think it is for us running small businesses to be willing to just look for new opportunities, even when we're facing a global pandemic or bushfires or whatever else is gonna come our way? Well, you know, um, We've always um, had the opinion in, in, in Gian that if we stand still too long, we'll become dinosaurs and we know what happened to them. So I, I think we need to keep moving forward. We're in such a 
fast-paced world these days. Change is 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 normal, um, so we can't fear change. If you look at the, how um, critical it was for businesses in hospitality, all of a sudden they've never done food delivery before. Now they are. Um, uh, Geez, I know of hairdressers that were doing home care packs for women to, you know, touch up that colour. You know, great idea. Keeping keeping in touch with your client base, but um, and giving them some hope and some, some way of looking after themselves. Online markets exploded. So those who were prepared to 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 have a vision, and and know their products and services and how they could reposition them have done well well enough. I'm not saying anybody's going gangbusters, but done well enough to stay relevant and stay alive. So I think it's absolutely critical that you're prepared to, to move with the times and understand that taking a risk is not a dirty word in this time. So true. And obviously you've you've really benefited from that kind of mindset. So what are the other lessons do you think that you've learned as a small business owner during this year? Well, we've gone full circle. The improbable is the most probable right now in mm-hmm. 2020. 2021, uh, you know, looking forward, we will find a way of coexisting with these types of problem. I don't think it was just business that didn't know what to do. Um, it was governments. It's 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 everywhere. You know, everybody has an opinion. So I'm not going to get political on that opinion. But everybody has an opinion on 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 how we may or could have done things better. And I think we're going to learn a lot from this. We certainly have. You know, we've focused on always build your relationships from day one um, because those relationships are what's going to take you through the bad times, not just the good times. So we've made sure that we've built that relationship with with our bankers. We've made sure we've built that relationship with our clients. We didn't gouge the marketplace. We maintained our pre-COVID pricing, even though we had a specialist skill that could command any dollar amount. We didn't do that. We said, no, we're going to treat this as if we're going to look long-term. We want our business to be play the long game, not the short game. We didn't fear the change. We did for four days, yes. <laughs> I think, like most people. But we didn't fear the change. We just realised that we needed to be flexible, and we needed um, we needed to rely on on the good people in our business to to be able to come along for the ride with us. We didn't mourn our losses for too long. We focused on the opportunities, the partnerships, and made sure that from banking through to um, client relationships through to suppliers, we were communicating on a high level exactly what our needs were and how we could um, partner with them to make sure that that, that we were all benefiting um, at the same time. So as I said, the improbable has become the probable. Um, and that means that we need to be creative and, and accept that change is happening faster than, than um, most businesses may like. But we're happy for that. We're, we're, we're ready to meet that challenge. Giles, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Your insights are great and your experiences, I'm sure, will resonate with a lot of our small business community. Um, if anyone would like to find out more about your your own business, where should they head? Well, they can either um, go to um, Gian 
giangroup.com.au or they can um, call um, 1300-00-GIAN and um, we'd be happy to talk to them and help them out. Great. Thanks so much for joining us and good luck with the rest of the year. Not a problem. Thank you so much, Lucy. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk.